0: My message today is entitled Ministry While on the Way. Too many times we seek God's will for our lives. God, I want to know what your will is for my life. I I don't know what it is, God. We, We pray for his will, but then once we get it, we go search for it on our own. What we often don't realize about God's will is that we need to keep seeking him as we walk out our purpose. Psalm 16.8 says, I have set the Lord always before me. You see, it's our job to set the Lord before us and then walk to Him. When He gives us our destination or our purpose, we need to set the Lord beyond that so we can walk through our purpose and go to Him. Many years ago, in 2001, God called us to go to the Holy Land. Nancy and I and our kids, our, son was, our daughter was five and our, do- and our son was two, just got over cancer. And God called us to go to the Holy Land because of our uh, brother-in-law who was missionaries, our missionaries over there. And I, God gave him this verse. He said, the Holy Land is not the end-all, be-all for you. It's the beginning. And so he said, this, Set me beyond that. You're going to go to the Holy and experience it, but that's going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to go through that and a whole lot more. Many times we get to a, a, a place in life, a job, or a relationship, and we think that's it, and we ask God for more, and He says, You need to keep setting me beyond what you're going through. That's why a lot of people get stumbled up in an argument because they go to an argument, and then they get stuck in, it and God's saying, Set me beyond that argument. You need to go through the argument. You need to believe for restoration. You need to believe that you're going to resolve it. We need to choose to set the Lord beyond our purpose so that we're always walking to Him. We don't walk to our problems or to our issues or to our destinations. We walk through them. Jesus is a prime example of this. Jesus did not go to the cross. He went through the cross for the joy that was set before Him. We also need to be like Him, as it says in Hebrews 12, verse 2. It says, We need to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. With this change in perspective, we will be able to more clearly see God's hand and purpose in everything we do. Our purpose does not supersede God's purpose. Too many times we believe that God has given us a purpose in life or in our our relationships or in ministry opportunities or in our career or even in another area. But then we assume, falsely often, that anything that keeps us from that purpose is an interruption or a distraction. Let me tell you this. God's heart is for His people. After all, it was because He loved His people so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this world to live a perfect life and to die for our sins so that we could live forever with Him. Right? Right? When we set God before us and walk to Him, God will bring people across our paths and into our lives that need to be turned to Jesus as well. Just because God has given you a purpose and then someone comes in your life, don't cast them off and you're thinking that it's a distraction. Remember, God is the author. He designed that person to cross your path at that moment. If we are too focused on our destination, we will dismiss these people as interruptions to our plan and our purpose. Yet many of these interruptions are actually part of God's divine plan to bring all of His children to Him. This is the focus that we all need to have if we are truly calling Him our Lord. Too many times we keep our heart on our purpose and our eyes on what we believe the destination will look like when we make it there. But God desires to change our focus. We need to keep our heart on Him and His eternal purpose. He'll give us a purpose or a daily plan, but we need to set the Lord always before that and walk to Him. He wants to change our purpose and our focus then we can keep our eyes on the people and the things around us and help lead them to Jesus. Even though Jesus died for all of our sins and miraculously rose again to live with us forever, way too many people have not believed and received this precious gift. There are many hurting people who need and want help but they refuse to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. They put their trust in the people or the things of this world. Herein lies the purpose of the body of Christ. God desires to use us, all of us, to bring back the scattered sheep into the fold. His eternal purpose is that all would come His desire is that everyone would come to know Him and to receive this gift of everlasting life. Yet we know not everyone responds that way. When our life purpose lines up with God's purpose, then we will see people not as interruptions, but as divine appointments from no matter when or how or why they came into our lives. There's no better way to understand this concept than to to study how Jesus lived. How He lived this truth throughout His time on earth. Time and time again, Jesus was interrupted by people and needs while He was in the middle of doing something else. I want to take a look at a few examples today. I want you to first to notice what Jesus did while he was asleep, resting after a long day. How many are really good at being interrupted when you're sleeping? His disciples were heading across the Sea of Galilee when a great windstorm arose, and suddenly they all became gripped with fear. Mark 4:38. But Jesus was in the stern. Asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. Is anything more precious than a good night's sleep when you're completely worn out? How about someone else's needs? How about calming someone else's fears and giving them peace? That's exactly what Jesus did. Even when he was completely worn out, God's peace will be multiplied when we place others' needs ahead of our own with discernment. He's not asked us to be worn down, but if we are listening to God, God will give us the strength to meet those needs. We need to ask ourselves, God, is this from you? Is this an opportunity to share Jesus? Instead of immediately believing this is an interruption and casting them out. We need to be expecting to bless others. When you go to the store today or out to eat, expect God to bring someone across your path that's talking about what's going on in the world today. And when they start to complain, start to give excuses or what side they should jump on, simply say, Jesus is the answer. God will bring people across your path that need to hear that today and this week. Will you be obedient? We need to be expecting to bless others. When we're expecting to do what we want to do, we see others' needs as an invasion to our needs. We need to see that God answers prayer in means of multiplication. You see, when we desire to have peace because we have none, God desires actually to give peace to everyone if we're obedient and humble. Jesus just needed a peaceful rest. When He awoke, He didn't tell them to handle it on their own. I'm sure He was tempted to. Instead, He knew His Father's plan because He spent time with His Father in prayer. He spoke peace to the storm on the sea But he also spoke peace to the storm of unbelief in all the disciples' hearts. What Jesus wanted for himself, peace, is what he gives to all who put their trust in him. Are you willing to bless others with the exact thing that you need from God first? Do you trust Him enough to multiply the same blessing to others even if you don't think you have enough for yourself? How many know that with God all things are possible? Jesus often kept His eyes and His heart on the peripheral as He taught others, taking every advantage and as a divine appointment that God brought past His way. Here's another example of ministry along the way. Mark 2, verse 13. Then Jesus went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to Him. And He taught them. Verse 14. And He passed by, and He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax office. And He said to him, Follow Me. So He arose and followed Him. You see, while Jesus was teaching the multitude by the sea, He called Matthew to follow Him. He was always looking for others to add to His following, to gather the gifts of those who could use them for His service to others. We create a team by modeling Jesus, not by telling people to go do what Jesus has said. Jesus knew that in order to create a team of disciples, they had to learn by observing Him. Before He reached His goal and destination, He already started recruiting team members. He poured into their lives. He let them see Him in His most vulnerable state. He never once let pride force Him to keep His gift and responsibilities to Himself. As we are walking out God's plan, we need to keep our eyes open to those who will continue with this ministry for which we have been called. Take a look at our church, not the physical part, but the church, the people. In the past couple of years, Nancy and I have now been here for four years. Have you seen any changes in the church? You hired a pastor to work part of the time while he served in the mission field of the public schools. And yet I have always focused on building a team of like-minded servants. We didn't put ads in the paper, though some asked us to do so. We didn't go to ministry job fairs. We prayed that God would bring His people to share their gifts so that we would be a, a fruitful harvest here. Look what God brought us. Scott and Ruth Miller. Very faithful. Very humble servants. We have a growing and very talented praise and worship team. God brought us Jerome, John, and his wife. Jerome is able to walk in the God-given authority of a minister of the Gospel and many others. He didn't reply to to a job application. He replied to God. Just like many of you have replied to God and you have come here or you have stayed here or you have continued to press in. We're focused on God and God is bringing people and He's still bringing many amazing people. I could go on and tell stories of, of all of you. God brought you here. Our job is to keep our focus on the Lord and teach the uncompromised Word of God because I'm going to tell you, and maybe you know this, a lot of churches don't teach the uncompromised truth of God. They don't. We are to be never relenting in prayer. And if we do, we will see God add to our teams in miraculous ways. Wonderful people, beautiful people, And the truth is that there will be times when we feel we have nothing left, just like Jesus, nothing left to give. I'm at that place a lot, but that's okay. It's a good place to be because Jesus was there often. After Jesus had been teaching all day in the synagogue one time, casting out demons and dealing with unclean unclean spirits and dealing with impatient people. How many of you good, are good at dealing with impatient people? I don't see a single hand being raised right now. Jesus did that all the time. So he taught all day and cast out demons and healed people. And so afterwards he said, Simon, can I just go to your house and rest? He went to Simon Peter's house to rest. Look at the story after a full day of healing and teaching. Luke 4.38 Now Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. Verse 39. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served him. Now you may have thought that this was the divine appointment that I'm talking about, that this is the main part of this passage, but you're not even close. After healing Simon's mother-in-law, many people with various ailments came to Jesus. Luke 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. It wasn't a couple people. It was every single person in town who had any need at all at the end of a long day. And Jesus laid His hands on every single one of them and healed every single one of them. Did you catch that? He didn't just find supernatural strength at the end of the day. He started healing people. He laid His hands on every single one of them and healed every single one of them. Will you be obedient enough to take God? Obedient enough to God to take advantage of the people that He brings across your path who desperately need a touch of Jesus. They don't need to be judged. They need Jesus. Because it's so easy to say, I'm sorry, but I'm just too tired right now. I don't have time. Maybe you can see someone else. I know those times we have to do that. I understand that. But is it possible that we could do more than what we're doing right now? Listen, if God brought that person across your path, it was because God desires you to step into service. I can't do it all as your pastor. As we talked about an Anna report, and people step it right up to service and to fill needs, there's great gifts that are being served, but we also have some vacancies, and we need some people to step up. And God has called you. I'm not saying as a pastor of a a church, but I'm saying God has called us to be the body of Christ, to step up and to fill those needs. There's people that need visits. There's people that need comfort and encouragement. I know some of you are doing that, but we could use more people to do that. Would you be obedient to God, not to my voice, but to God to step up and say, I want to serve? If God brings a person across your path, God wants you to serve. All you need to do is to be willing. He will infuse you with supernatural strength and patience and compassion and love. A while back, the Lord brought Raymond and Sophia to us who have been very dedicated and faithful. And they wanted to grow in God. and They didn't know how, and they just kept coming and coming and coming. And pretty soon, God had got a hold of Raymond's heart, and I asked Raymond if he would take over the men's Bible study. And he's faithfully prayed and he's leading men. If you are a man and you're not in the study, I strongly encourage you to join our men's Bible study. You don't have to, but it's an opportunity that's available here. And all it takes is a willingness. He hadn't done that before, but he knew God was asking for more. So I've been mentoring him and other people. It's not about me. God's asked us to come together to step up and fill needs and to see divine appointments when they come. Are you willing to be used by God? to pray for those who need it? Are you willing to be used to lift up their needs above your own, knowing that God's going to take care of your needs? Are you willing to tell other people about Jesus? Are you willing to invite people to church and not give up asking them? And it's not about this church. If they go to church somewhere, that's fine. God will add to the church. If Jesus can push past His tiredness, to heal every single one of the people that came to him. Can we just focus on just one more person at the end of a long day? The truth is that I could go on and on and cite different examples when Jesus was on the way to do something else, something specific, when God brought him a different opportunity to open someone's eyes and heart to Jesus. In fact, one of the most amazing divine appointments was when Jesus was busy dying on the cross. But he still had his eyes on others and was able to save and to encourage and to change the eternity for a thief on another cross, dying alongside of him. He had every right to focus on his own needs, but Jesus didn't. Luke 23, verse 43 Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. There you go. If Jesus can pause whatever he is doing, including when he is dying, to bring someone else to himself, to forgive them, to heal them, to restore them, then we really have no excuse. We have to trust Jesus. We have to keep our eyes open, our ears alert. We have to be ready for the divine appointment that He has prepared for us. We all have a job to do. I know I have a title, but we all have a name and it's Christian. We've taken on the name of Christ. And if we've taken on his name, that means we we look like he does. We see divine appointments and we take advantage of them. When we all take advantage of ministry opportunities while on the way, we will reflect the love of Jesus. And this world, which needs it more than ever, will witness the body of Christ in its role of sharing the hope that the entire world needs right now. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your pure love of sending Jesus. Yes, we are all sinners, and yes, we need You, and yes, we have sinned against You, and we ask You to forgive us. We ask You to show us the way to walk. We pray for Your courage to follow that way. And Lord God, if we've been holding on to things more than holding on to You, convict us. And and in this moment, as we're about to reflect on the song, help us to surrender the things we're holding on to so that we can receive all of You.